1: Hey, hello everybody welcome to the wizard and the bruiser i'm the wizard holden mcneely and i'm the bruiser jake young and today we're talking about hit it Blah!
2: <laughs> Who dares disturb my slumber? I am from Romania. I hope no one uses the B button
1: to unleash special attacks against me. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, why are you making raptor <laughs> hands as if the people at home can see your weird raptor hands?
0: Bleh. <laughs>
2: The hands help me stay in character <laughs> as the immortal evil Dracula. Wow. <laughs> Perhaps you'd like
1: to visit my devil castle. <laughs> That's right, everybody. Today we are talking about Mega Man. Now, my favorite thing, I would have Capcom's to say. Capcom's Blue Bomber himself. Two is the best one, right? We can all agree on that. But I'm a big fan of the later editions. I would say Mega Man X would probably be. Uh, Mega Man
2: Legends is definitely the number one gaming experience of all time. We <laughs> oh, can't stick to this bit. People actually think about it.
1: People we're actually good. get upset. Um. We're talking about Castlevania, everybody. Everybody, hold your horses, all right? We will get to Symphony of the Night, okay? We have to start from the beginning, all right?
2: There's literally a man listening to this show on his iPod holding a horse. (laughs) Just being like, oh, I hope to get to (laughs) it."
1: Um, so, yes, Castlevania, I mean, what is there to say? It is, it is, there's so many entries into this, it was like, uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog of, of, uh, Konami games, there were just a, a, a zillion different entries, uh, spanning all different types of genres and things, but of course, when it was,
2: it, re- it spanned different play styles, but it was always horror. Yeah. And the, fa- and what Konami had in Castlevania as the, as Nintendo's official horror franchise, Is, like, kind of unique because it is a horror franchise. Hear me out. Uh, Countless entries and sequels and reboots. Mm -hmm. Um, Financially, like, worth making, but not actually a super hit that everyone loves. Yeah. But has a loyal nerd audience. Oh, yeah. Uh, And, like it's always in the cultural like mind like people are always aware of it it's on magazine covers people follow news about it you know there's a lot of affection for it but it really is the true fan base is like kind of this fangoria core because even the most popular uh, castlevania games like barely break a million copies yeah even at like the height of its power even during like uh huge reboots and huge like revivals castlevania even like even even though everyone knows it like the true hardcore is just kind of this like this solid undercurrent. Well, nope. even
1: right
3: here.
2: Hey, <laughs> yeah.
1: Marcus, you like the Spooky Game? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Super producer Marcus Parks, welcome back to the studio. Thank
1: you. But it is it, my favorite Nintendo franchise. Yes, I mean it's so wonderfully spooky. Right, <laughs> I mean it's so kookily spooky. Yeah. you know it's the mummy and Frankenstein's yeah. monster yeah. and Dracula. It's like Universal Studios spooky, Monster <laughs> Squad spooky, Kickem yeah. Kickem <laughs> in the Nards Nard. spooky. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in a later Egovania, I bet there's a wolfman Scott Nard's joke probably somewhere in the earlier sessions they did not get to that but level even yet.
1: and we'll get to it in a, in a in a bit believe me people so relax for a moment we will get to symphony of the night but even symphony 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 of the night was a uh uh not a success story it was a cult classic that sl- that that um later in its time got the success because it was overshadowed by this sort of 3D craze um when it was made it was it was uh, it was not successful uh, financially up front and then word of mouth spread and that's why it became that way so it's like always been like the bastard stepchild you know even even with its most successful title um but but uh, let's take it all the way back to the first castlevania uh, uh, it's, it's
2: back to our good old friend The Famicom Disk System Yes
1: How many times have we talked about this <laughs> This motherfucking Famicom Uh Debuted in Japan Um On September 26, 1986, uh, the release actually coincided with the 90th anniversary of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. Um, It was put out by a company named Konami. Uh, Konami, founded in 1969 as a jukebox rental and repair business in Osaka, Japan, Uh, it was... um, uh, the company's chairman Kagamasa Kozuki he uh, he ended up uh, making uh, later in 1973 uh, amusement machines that's, for arcades
2: that's uh, sega followed a similar pathway it, it's not a long it's not a it's not a very long stretch from Jukebox to pinball machines to like little arcade amusements to the at a certain point the new hotness was digital
1: video games totally and 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 got largely successful with games like Frogger Scramble and Super Cobra you remember Super Cobra right That's I mean the big Cobra with muscles and machine guns oh
2: when it's because they was from the planet of of Crypt Cobra <laughs> and their parents sent the last baby Cobra to Earth and it turns out that Cobra had powers right
1: and when it beats uh beats the final bad guy it gets to live on planet boobs <laughs> which is my favorite my favorite ending for no no actually i think it's a helicopter game oh. anyways in uh 1982 uh they began to make pc games in 90 in 83 they were uh were moving on to msx games and that's how we move into of course uh them working uh with games on the famicom and making castlevania um, You take on the role of Simon Belmont, descendant of the Belmont clan, a family of vampire hunters traveling to Dracula's castle, uh, which is called Castlevania. Jake, stop me if you've heard this one. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, it was, it was quite a big hit. It was, a uh, part of the second wave of Nintendo games that really were, like, a giant hit on the market and really kind of kept the Nintendo alive and fucking kicking. Yeah. Essentially. And do you, do you have memories of playing, uh, the first Castlevania? Um, I
2: actually picked it up, uh, for... The first time since I was like a tiny child, specifically for this episode, and now as an as a grown up, I can appreciate the deliberateness of it and like the the quality that is there. But as a kid, it was way too hard for me.
1: I it was so hard, and the way it was this, the stairs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was stairs are the biggest enemy in Castlevania because you have like no control you just get nailed by bats and stuff it was definitely one of those you know like like so many games of that time it was overly difficult so that you would because there was not a ton of game there so that you would spend more time playing it
2: this is uh this is a big argument because the purists will say that castlevania is just fine difficult but uh as a, I remember specifically as a kid playing games like Mario Brothers and, uh, and other platformers like Mega Man that are really based on, like, twitchy, rushing ahead, you know, just holding down on the uh, right D-pad and just mashing B to, like, blast through stuff that, like, I could not understand the idea that I had to wait until, a, like, uh, a monster was positioned correctly or that, like, the Medusa heads had to follow a specific pattern and that it was all about timing and, like, judging each individual scenario uniquely and uh so I was extremely frustrated by it but nothing else was like it nothing else was spooky nothing else had that like kind of skeletons and swords edge to it so like I ended yeah. up uh renting uh Simon's Quest uh you know Simon Belmont was in the uh, Captain N cartoon <laughs> like the games were so hard especially uh Castlevania 1 and 2 and 3 uh that like every issue of Nintendo Power had like every letter page was always like uh, hi, Nintendo Power! It's uh, me, Jeffrey, and uh, Wisconsin. And ju- how do I get the red crystal? <laughs> fuck me, man! Just fuck me up this fucking red fucking crystal.
1: It was that game that, like, I loved to start, <laughs> you know. And you were like, "Fuck yeah!" This has everything, and it would just so quickly become impossible. And uh, I, uh, we'll talk about it in just a little bit. The Game Boy game um, that drove me fucking crazy. We'll get mm. there. But um, the game was created by Hitoshi Akabane. Akum- which is a mysterious figure that disappeared from the gaming industry in the early 90s. Many attempts have been made to track him down with no success. He is very mysterious. I think that is awesome. Totally perfect, agree. perfect situation for the guy who created the franchise. Fucking unbelievable. People well, can't even find him. I
2: mean, if you, uh, if you actually look at the credits in the original Castlevania, uh, this was common at the time. A lot of old Nintendo games have yep. this. When you beat the game, the actual credits are a lot of like weird in jokes and nicknames. Yeah. So like, uh, <laughs> if you actually beat the game, it would be like like you did it. Here's the cast: Dracula as Christopher B. <laughs> And uh, Death as Bello Lugosi. And Frankenstein as Boris Office.
1: <laughs> and they wanted to give it that like cinematic feel and everything. But also, um, a lot of times, too, they were withholding the actual information from you. Uh, because they were trying to protect their own de- devs and programmers and creators from headhunters. Yeah. From other gaming companies. So for the longest time in Japan, you never n- knew who actually was making any of the games uh, as listed in the credits. Which is a- some cool crazy. Crazy shit Um, And it really kind of Deprived a lot of people For the credit That is due to them Very much so Um, So uh, Before we get to The shit show That is Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest Mm -hmm. Shit show? Well I'm going to have
3: some
2: more
1: to say about that. Okay. What a terrible night <laughs> for, a,
2: for a disagreement among friends.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's actually let's get into Castlevania 2. You loved Castlevania 2? Love Simon's, <laughs> <So> <laughs> insane. Have Simon's watched, Quest. <laughs> have you watched a playthrough of it recently? Like, I watched a playthrough of it recently, and I was like, what are you? And the people playing it were just like, look it up. This is insane. Right. Yeah, yeah, it, okay. it
3: is insane. You cannot. I do not know how anyone could beat. Castlevania 2 without a guide it's impossible to beat without a guide but god damn it's so much fun and the music is fucking amazing mm-hmm. and everything about it is just fun uh oh. Okay, so the fact li-
1: that it s- switched from day to night was the, the coolest thing. It has to me. a day-night cycle, which is amazing. <laughs> the music there, is that, unbelievably that's, great. Wait, here's
2: the Marcus connection: is that because of the curse? Because of the night thing, where like all of a sudden friendly NPCs go away, the uh, bad guys double up in in uh, hit points, and like previously safe areas get overrun with zombies. Marcus is like. Oh man, my old friend Dread. <laughs> All consuming Dread. I'm home again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bloody tears.
3: This might be like one of the best. 8-bit chip tunes of all time. I would actually play the game just to listen to this song. It's so good. Yeah, it's so amazing. And yeah, it, and it was actually I have star I have very much thought about getting a tattoo that said like, what a ter- what a horrible night for a curse. <laughs> wow. Uh, it does, and, and that's the funny thing is that it, like it actually does mean something very personal <laughs> to me. And it's like one of the things that I talk to tell myself to like when I uh, like ha- I'm starting to have like kind of a bipolar like break. That's one of the things that I think to kind of switch my mind into thinking like, oh, this is just something that I have to deal with As I think to myself, what a horrible night for a curse. It's just the
1: nighttime cycle it's of just your the night- brain. Yeah,
3: it's just the nighttime cycle. <laughs> it's like shit's gonna get really bad. Like you said, Jake, like the zombies are coming out. Everything is harder. Everything is gonna really fucking suck. But... You'll get more experience points. You'll get more XP and everything's going to be better. There God you damn
2: go. it, Marcus. What are you doing on this podcast with your real-ass shit and life <laughs> <laughs> experiences? Does- I have a new character called Choo Choo Magoo ready to go and you're ruining the tone. <laughs> <laughs> we- Choo Choo Magoo fucks
1: trains, by the way. <laughs> oh my God. Now I want to know his old backstory. Or is it a woman? Or both? It's fine. It could be both.
2: Yeah, Choo Choo Magoo is a concept beyond gender.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with Dracula's body split into five parts after his defeat, Simon, must find and bring them to the ruins of his castle to seal and defeat him
2: so a lot of the frustrations of this game comes from the fact that number one to progress through the game you have to solve these puzzles and get items and the actual progression of how you get those items and when to use them is given through these cryptic clues in the towns
1: okay that's and the
2: villagers dialogue which is necessary
1: to completing the game
2: yes number one poorly translated to the point where it is indecipherable
1: get a, for any logical human being. Get a silk bag from the graveyard duck to live longer. Hit Deborah Cliff with your head to make a hole. (laughs) Okay, so now there are two reasons why this is completely fucked. Reason number one is the translation issues. There was a horrible, horrible translation problems. If you and the second reason number two is they just decided that sometimes the villagers tell the truth, (laughs) other (laughs) (laughs) times the villagers tell a lie. (laughs) That's so mean. (laughs) So they purposely made some of the villagers throw you off course with wrong. Hints. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. I've never, I didn't even know that. All right. I always knew about the translations problems, but I, until looking into it recently, I did not realize that <laughs> that they that, that was a layer. So there are two layers to why <laughs> that is all fucked. Man, right?
3: I, I don't know if I ever even like got to a boss in Castlevania 2 when I was a kid, but I still fucking loved it. And yeah. still played it all the time. I would just go back and forth and back <laughs> and forth, try to figure shit out, but I would play it for forever. I just loved it. Uh, another, I just love the experience of it. Right, right. It just, was like it was the first time that you could like, I am playing a horror movie right now. Yeah, true.
1: And uh, just and just going around openly, just kind of like it wasn't about. There was no the progression was just so open. You could mm-hmm. just kind of go <laughs> anywhere weirdly.
2: Uh, they say it's because like once you finally got used to the original Castlevania's rhythm, uh, the playtime was actually quite short. Which back in the day. Even on, especially for a Nintendo cartridge, it's a lot of money to spend for an experience that's maybe a half hour once you actually, like, figure out the tempo of it. Simon's Quest uh, takes, like, even if you're doing, like, okay, it takes, like, two hours. Yeah. And that's if you know what you're doing, besides all the backtracking and wandering and grinding for, like, hearts and crystals to buy the actual things you need and leveling up. And, oh, this is what pisses me off. I, uh... Uh, in the game, you're gathering Dracula's parts. You have to buy an oak stake in every mansion, and use that on like the actual like end piece. And then once the level is over, you just have to turn the other way and just walk back out the way you came. Mm-hmm. The way no video game has ever worked. <laughs> ever worked. <laughs>
1: ever. I mean, it had tons of stuff like that. The Deborah Cliff thing that I mentioned earlier, um, that was actually a, a hint that was uh, nodding towards the fact that you had to go kneel down in front of a cliff for approximately five seconds with a red crystal equipped so that a magic tornado would eventually come and take you away, which actually is reminiscent of when you have to kneel down in the nest and mm-hmm. pretend <laughs> be like an yeah. egg in Dark Souls. And yeah. if you just sit there and wait, it'll finally just take you away. Um, it was just full of stuff like that. And and it was it, it drove people I I think completely insane, other than Marcus. Um uh, <laughs> thought it was
3: just fine the way it was.
1: <laughs> uh
2: this was an awkward stage for a lot of Nintendo uh properties. Mario 2, Legend of Zelda 2. Zelda 2
1: had its weird Yeah, they all had weird sequels.
2: Because they were trying to incorporate all these RPG elements because it made things like in just theory, last longer. Last longer and uh, uh, also, like, uh, they had it, people were they couldn't quite figure out how to like expand the capabilities of the system yet. Uh, a lot of games that uh, ended up like becoming hits, like Mario 3 and like the Mega Man games and Castlevania 3, uh, all incorporated like special like memory chips in the cartridges that kind of like exploded what. A Nintendo game could do so.
1: So, one thing I wanted to bring up, and actually, I'm I'm happy we're bringing up after uh, a, a game that came out before Castlevania two Simon's Quest was a Vampire Killer. It was released in 1986 for the MSX2 in Japan and Europe, never released in North America. Now, I am shocked that this game was not the sequel to the original Castlevania. I looked up video of it. Um, and for Marcus's sake I'm glad it wasn't <laughs> I looked up video for it it's an open ended platform game kind of like Metroid which was released in the same year and it it, it was like kind of a it, it was they directly used assets from the original mm. Castlevania so I could see how people would get annoyed but it makes so much more sense as a direct sequel because it was like more like original Castlevania but they added some of those elements where you needed to like find skeleton keys and use them on different rooms to open different doors so there was Backtracking and things like that. Um, the the I think the real problem was it just shared too many assets. But I was watching a playthrough, and I'm shocked it never came to America. Um, and it definitely came. The out.
2: MSX platform just never hit it here.
1: Yeah, and, and well, just that they didn't adapt it to NES and ended up going with Simon's Quest instead. But it just seemed like the sequel that should have been. Um, for North American audiences, well, then there's
2: also Haunted Castle, the arcade game. Yes,
1: the first arcade game <laughs> in the Castlevania series, released in 1988. Um, it did come out on Simon PS2. looks real
2: beefy in this yeah, one.
1: he's yeah. a real beef. Oh, boy. he's a big lunkhead. He, he like leans forward all weird, and yeah. he's got like a weird way of movement. Uh, from he looks what? Real I, silly.
2: From people who have actually played it, it plays exactly like all those barbarian action games for arcade. That it was just sending waves of goons at you. You'd get overwhelmed. You would die. You have to spend more. On quarters. Uh, it's it's literally like the game from the bad guy from Wayne's World describing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but Konami made it in Star Simon Bell.
1: <laughs> Um And I have to talk about this one for a second before we move on to Castlevania III. Uh Castlevania the Adventure for Game Boy in 1989. I think it was one of the first games I got for my Game it Boy. It was a
2: very... Uh, that's another thing that the uh, Castlevania series is really good on, is that it's always there when a system is launching. It is always like present and ready to fill that horror niche
1: right so, and, and that basic gameplay niche like that really simple style you know that you can just throw on a new system and just make it look a little nicer or make a play and man did that game make me fucking crazy <laughs> i was watching re uh, replays today of it yeah. and it's like all right it's only four levels so again it's mm-hmm. just they made it hard as nuts for fucking kids like me who could never get past <laughs> the fourth level. Um, or was it the no, no no the third level? The third level where you're is literally running from spikes oh, the entire dang. time. It's spikes coming at you from the left and then you get to a point and then the hardest part is vertical spikes. <laughs> so you have to jump on these because, uh, okay.
2: What? No, Simon Belmont's jump is so easy to control. I was control. about to say, <laughs> platforming in Castlevania <laughs> games
1: is a fucking nightmare yeah. and then add the level layer on top that it's also a timed platform sequence where there are no mistakes possible If you fuck up You are dead No but I'm sure you get
2: Plenty of lives And continues right Three lives
1: <laughs> Three lives That's it and you were done, and you were starting over, dude. i my I watched my brother get to the fourth level once. I never saw that game get beat until I watched the playthrough today. I'm so mad about it still, and I don't ever want to no, look well, at it again. Well, I mean,
2: it's to be fair. The original Game Boy, especially like the uh, the the first model, is really good at crisp scrolling graphics. So like, if <laughs> you can see what's happening and
1: you can know what to do. Oh my god! Oh no, it's a blurry
2: spinach mess. Uh, oh,
1: my mistake. It made me crazy. It was uh, <laughs> set as century before the original Castlevania control Simon Belmont's ancestor Christopher, Christopher. Belmont it's all just Belmont yeah Belmont this Belmont that there were no special weapons you only got three lives and the levels were way too long it was four way too long levels with bad checkpoints I just had to get it off my chest that game haunted me because I like really wanted to beat it really fucking bad anyways but Back to you, Jake. Let's keep talking about this <laughs> fucking franchise. Uh, when do we get to Symphony of the Night? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: we're almost there. Uh, we are, actually. Uh, it's Castlevania III, Dracula's Curse, is mm. considered kind of uh, the best. It's part of this kind of late golden age of uh, early 90s uh, NES titles. Again, like Mario 3, like the later Mega Man games, everything kind of came together. They fully understood what the hardware could do. And... Uh, This introduced branching pathways, a lot of, like, incredible at-the-time effects. Uh, The soundtrack used in the Famicom version used a special uh, memory uh, sound chip that was developed by Konami. Uh, Unfortunately, Nintendo is way more stringent about that in foreign releases, so uh, the soundtrack we got was a little bit – it had, like, lesser sound channels but you got to uh, rescue new partners like Grant Dynasty. Grant Dynasty, <laughs> you yes, brought it up.
1: A pirate with the ability to climb on walls and change direction mid-jump. Uh, Very interesting. Cypha Belnades or whatever. Sifra Belnades, a young sorceress with poor physical attack power, but powerful elemental magic spells at her disposal. Uh, and Alucard, the son of Dracula. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Spoiler <laughs> alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! Alucard is Dracula backwards. Oh no! I just blew your fucking mind. It's like if I name my son
3: Suckrom.
1: <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, Marcus.
3: You should probably name your son. Sakram.
1: is good. Nedle is bad.
3: Yeah. No, Sakram. <laughs> Suck on! God
1: damn it! <laughs> Sorry, father. I apologize, father. Not just- good enough. <laughs> I was cleaning the mud. <laughs> uh, Dr- Alucard is uh, this is, I think this is correct me if I'm wrong, Jake. This mm-hmm. is the first appearance of Alucard in I, a Castlevania game.
2: I believe so. Uh, a lot. There was some weird translation errors and stuff. Like Sypha it was a dude in the American version, mm-hmm. just because people didn't like, you know, they just didn't know any better. Uh, There's an actual Captain N episode, which was the jankiest, dumbest thing I've ever seen. But uh, there's actually an animated version of Alucard, and he's a gnarly surfer, dude, bro. (laughs) Oh, my God. It is the cringiest thing.
1: Alucard is a dampier, which is a creature that is the result of a union between a vampire and a human. We will see him and hear from him later. He was a big part of the franchise. Um, and yeah Castlevania 2 Looking back on it So I recently Ended up watching A playthrough Actually on A, a giant beast They did like Two or three Of all, all of them Oh okay <laughs> Of one Two Three Rondo of Blood And I think They're still playing Symphony of the Night now uh, and Super Castlevania Four. I literally watched all of them. Okay, like all of the full playthroughs. So I have a pretty fresh uh, head about it. Three really is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful game. Um, the, the the branching paths thing is really cool. Being able to change characters is really cool. Um, it's definitely turning into
2: Alucard and becoming a bat and just flying over bullshit that you don't want to deal with is mm-hmm. super cool. Very cool.
1: <laughs> and it it just it it definitely is like sort of the perfection of the NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh uh Castlevania you know i mean you, I, yeah, you can't the, really uh, get the clock than that.
2: tower stage with all the gears going is like i The Nintendo is a very dumb, stupid computer. Yeah. And the fact that it was able to push that level of uh, graphics and kind of gameplay is kind of amazing.
1: We don't have it on hand, but that was one memory, though. The clock tower sequence, the music in that, is absolutely devastating. It is just like... Make sure you
2: get the Famicom version, Marcus, with the extra sound channels or the Konami sound (laughs) (laughs) channels.
1: Marcus, I swear
2: to fucking God, if you get the American version, I will go...
3: It's going to be American, motherfucker, because we are American.
2: I will come for (laughs) Sakura. The second he is born, I will claim him.
1: Yeah, that over and over again, like the eighth time of hearing that, it's just a little maddening. (laughs) I think that's the one that that I remember from the playthrough, but it was very aggravating. I... True.
2: Just look up the exact same thing with the word "Famicom" on it. I <laughs> right. like. I bet it's like eighty times better. Uh, oh, and um, this. Oh, and we didn't talk about like two things in these sure. NES games. Is number one uh, Simon Belmont does not run. He, like in all the games, he does this like tum 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 yeah. power walk. Yeah, this like very specific animation, which
1: which uh, again was another thing that was very strange to me as a kid and v- and drove me a little nuts. Like the slowness and deliberateness of all mm-hmm. of the Castlevania games as a kid, I was like, why?
2: Also, in a game, all the games full of flying enemies, full of projectiles, uh, and anytime uh, you guys touch. Anytime you got touched You
3: went flying backwards Flying back Mm. And you'll always Lost two bars of energy Why are you gonna get? Just make the energy bar (laughs) smaller Why do you got to Make it so big If you always lose two
2: (laughs) Uh, I think in like In Castlevania 3 There's like Better enemies That'll do four
1: Yeah Yeah.
3: Well this is the Clock Tower music Famicom style Alright
1: Yeah way cooler
3: Oh come on
1: way cooler <laughs>
3: it's much better and it's, and it's got those good like midi farts yeah that you really like yeah arigato
2: gozaimasu, glorious nippon
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm also gonna say too for pretty much all castle well especially one and three and symphony of the night amazing games to watch speed run oh yeah 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 uh amazing games to watch watch for speed runs like like the first castlevania i think can get done in like 10 minutes or something like that it's awesome to watch speed runs of these games Um, but anyways so uh, yeah so then we move on to a few lesser known releases Um, I love this one Ak- Akumajo Special Boku Dracula, mm-hmm. which uh, stands for uh, means uh, Demon Castle Special. I'm Kid Dracula, and <laughs> that's a parody of the series. I had the uh, pleasure of watching some of it earlier today. Kid Dracula, it's very cartoony looking, very platformy, very like Mario looking. And
2: over here we got the Game Boy version Kid Dracula, yes, which I never actually got my hands on it, but it had like nice big bold sprites and oh, like it like looked the- super fun and. <laughs> I don't know. I actually, I I don't know. Maybe I'll just download a ROM of it and yeah. play it tonight. I've always it's, actually wondered you know,
1: what it's look, about.
3: It looks kind of like a Wario Land type yeah. of. Ugh,
1: Kid Dracula it. defeats the Land, demon dude. Gallimoth. This causes him to become famous throughout the land with all the monsters in Transylvania showing up at his castle waiting to be his friend. I saw one boss fight where it was a quiz show hosted by a lady dressed as the Statue of Liberty, and one of the questions was, um, and I think this was like a fan translation of the actual game because mm-hmm. it was the original Famicom, and uh, and it did never come to America um, until later, and the question was, uh, what are Americans' favorite word? Uh, to say, and or favorite Japanese word. And number one was ninja, number two was Konami, and number three was left blank. And they chose the wrong one, mm-hmm. which was the blank one. I have no idea what the, I think the answer, hope. I think it was probably Konami, but it might have been ninja. Either way, it was like a weird comment on Americans. oh wait, Marcus has
3: a thing. <laughs> I found an old ad for Kid Dracula, <laughs> and the tagline is, Get the kid out of the coffin. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: it's very. That's cute. not just a tagline. That's a. That's just a lifelong philosophy <laughs> carry with you.
1: So just get the kid out of the coffin. <laughs> now we have.
2: Sometimes ca- when I feel my depression coming on, I just you know take a moment to think back, and you know center myself, and I go, you know what. Get the kid out of the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can do it too, Marcus. I know. And if we're, doesn't it doesn't work. Like I'm gonna actually think
3: about that. You know,
1: like you know what. It's about time to get the kid out of the coffin. <laughs> and by that I mean you have AIDS. I'm sorry that I. I'm sorry that I had to be the doctor to tell you that information, and I'm sorry that that was how you had to hear the information. Ooh, time okay, to, time so to put the
3: kid back in the coffin. Should we
2: just like shotgun blast the 16-bit ones? Castlevania
1: two Belmont's Revenge, released in '91 um, on the Game Boy, it was less shitty than the first one, um, but it was still too short. Super Castlevania Four, You want to gloss over? Because it's I don't want to. Gr- Wait.
2: it's it's. This is where the deviations happen.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, this is where you can whip up. You eight ways, eight, eight ways whipping. You can whip in different directions. You want to gloss over that, Jake? I don't want to gloss over it, but I feel like this is
2: a crossroads, a fork. In the Castlevania history.
1: It, it's it's definitely, okay, this is definitely when Castlevania gets a little more user-friendly. Quite a bit easier. Definitely easier to tackle, I think. Um, it, you, you know, it's got, it's on SNES, Super Castlevania 4. Uh, it's uh, using, it uses a lot of the Mode 7 graphics.
2: Oh, the tunnel level is yeah. what, I think it's level 4. Mm-hmm. And it genuinely looks, I, I'm such a fucking geek. I love any like 16-bit I love it graphic magic—it looks so
1: cool. Mode 7, of course, allows a background layer to be rotated and scaled in a scanline by scanline basis to create many different effects. It's like the F-zero right mm-hmm. when the match is about to start. I'm trying to think of other like classic uses yeah. of it. Uh, Metroid used it a lot, like mm-hmm. when Ripley like comes out of the screen. Oh, Ninja Turtles—Turtles uh, Turtles in Time—when yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you can throw the Foot Clan against the the screen.
3: Super Contra used it a ton
1: too. Yeah. yeah, Super Duper. Right. There's
2: a bunch of uh, there are bosses that use unique effects like the rock boss in super castlevania the sprites are way like bigger instead of kind of this kind of uh zoomed out where you're like a fairly small simon belmont like jumping from platform to platform you're just this big barbarian loincloth man just whipping in every direction just taking things out
1: uh and and they ha- use really cool ideas w- one of the more uh memorable ones for me was when you whip up to to latch onto a, th- a little pole you the can swing. swing on, and then the castle literally moves around <laughs> you, and then you and then it t- totally changes the platforming. They were doing really cool things like that. It and was uh, so early; it deserves its due. It was but. an
2: early entry in the Super Nintendo uh, lifespan. So, like before Star Fox, before Super Metroid, uh, basically right out the gate, Super Castlevania was like there to kind of showcase. Uh, just how cool Konami can make their games look. Yeah, but it wasn't a big seller. No. It was not actually that big of a hit. Um for the Genesis there was uh Castlevania Bloodlines. Bloodlines. Which uh was uh there was like Eric LeCard with the lance and uh what John Morris I think?
1: Yeah, okay, John, John Morris, Morris is jacked. This is like a, such a bizarre story. So I want to go through that really fast. Elizabeth Bartley, Dracula's niece, appears in the 20th century, orchestrates the beginning of World War 1. <laughs> Quincy Morris, who killed Dracula apparently in some other Dracula story, is a distant descendant of the Belmont family. His son, John Morris, in 1917, goes after Elizabeth Bartley as she tries to resurrect Dracula. It is like, why is World War 1 a part of this? Um. Uh. And um. One of the funny things about it is John Morrison's face. They made the cover image of him, his his head, more <laughs> masculine for American audiences, which just goes to show like the bizarre. We've talked about this, or I, I've definitely this is something I've read about a lot. They always make in trans uh, in in covers of Japanese games to American games. They always make like Kirby look really angry, <laughs> yeah. and the American version of the cover. They always make their face look like way more angry and pissed off, and it's so funny. Like the concept. That people have in translation. Now you were shaking your head. Yes, you have a Bloodlines. Yeah,
3: I love Bloodlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't play it until uh, you know, like I played it at, like the ROM fairly recently in like the last few years. I fucking love Bloodlines.
1: I was such a big Genesis person. I can't. Uh, that game doesn't stick in my memory quite as well. Uh, but of course, Castlevania didn't become important to me really until Symphony of the Night.
3: Yeah, and uh, there's I really just, only one uh, Castlevania game I've ever played that I didn't actually like, which was. Castlevania sixty four, my friend. We'll get there. Oh uh, boy! So, oh. So, oh, mama! Uh, Elizabeth Bartley uh,
2: is a recurring character in the game, uh, along with another character named Carmilla. Uh, these are like kind of the spooky ladies that are always like, you know, Dracula's like number one bay vampresses, vampresses. And uh, but Elizabeth Bartley is very clearly a reference to Elizabeth Bathory. Which was the famous bloody countess that supposedly murdered hundreds of virgins to maintain her youth? <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I, I mean, Marcus, I don't wanna, I don't wanna like push too hard, but it's a good last podcast on the right. left in the podcast, future. Sir, if
1: you need more recommendations for uh, sh- uh, episodes, you should do. There's a, <laughs> another one to throw on the pile. This is her
2: coat of arms: a fucking spooky dragon with some pointy teeth. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so the main event, though, right, uh, Jake, I believe in, in for you uh, is Rondo of Blood. Rondo of Blood.
2: It turned out to be the winner, I guess is is the correct way to say it. From all these new iterations and evolutions of Castlevania, Rondo of Blood would emerge to be the dominant one. And that one was anime as
1: fuck. Yeah, super anime. Uh,
2: they kind of got rid of, you know, the uh, old film sprockets, the universal monsters, uh, the, the kind of... Overly, even like the super duper serious tone, it kind of got a little bit campier. Uh, but uh, uh, Rondo of Blood was released for the PC Engine yeah. slash TurboGrafx 16 yes. CD add on.
1: And I know, I know, I've been getting a speaking of episode requests, I know you guys have been screaming at me for a TurboGrafx episode. <laughs> we will get there eventually, people.
2: Uh, and in America, I think TurboGrafx 16 CDs were sold for maybe a day and like (laughs) two rich assholes bought it out of nobody beats the whiz because it is impossible to find that shit yeah absolutely Uh, but the fan response was really good people actually responded to the very anime uh melodramatic kind of cartoony style and
1: and again i i recently watched a playthrough Mm -hmm. of this game um it is It is, it has shockingly good boss fights. Mm -hmm. It has really cool, like the branching path thing, the playable character thing. It gets, it's awesome. It's like perfected in this game. Mm -hmm. It's very, very cool. Switching around different characters the different levels you can go the design the basic level design is just top notch it's really just the culmination of everything that came before it and just kind of perfecting that you know uh, the item
2: crash system that allowed Richter Belmont our new cool anime in protagonist uh, can unleash massive screen clearing attacks by burning through hearts there's
1: secret bosses there's secret rooms um, that are re- really well done I mean I mean Castlevania has done secret rooms before but they're really cool they're really you know rewarding
2: uh d- actually Marcus can you bring up Richter's theme I think I, I think we have it in our in our music playlist Rondo of blood Rondo it's a
1: <laughs> R- most ridiculous subtitle
2: it also had a full CD soundtrack so like that driving it's it's always the first track in every game is just immediately like get your dick hard it's ready to play <laughs> like get and we're it's time to play <laughs> Um you know, there were like anime girls you had to rescue and um,
1: there was just uh there was like there a li- were anime like cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, Like really cool little animated like more developed cutscenes and stuff that you could you could find, which were cool.
2: And uh in these special thanks for Rondo of Blood, uh was a was a little guy named uh, Koji Igarashi.
1: Ah uh, yes, Koji Igarashi who would eventually become very successful based on his work on Is it time? Uh, I can mean there was also there it? was also
2: and there was also Dracula X which was kind of the SNES port yeah, of yeah, Rondo was, of Blood. It was,
1: it was just put out it was, it was not as good if you and want the, to play S- the real game you play the Rondo of Blood uh, The SNES uh, audience rom.
2: thought it was a downgrade from Super Castlevania which gave them more control and power and better graphics so they were like what's
1: this old shit? Okay, actually, I do want to take a second. Why the? Why did they fuck up Rondo of Blood with Dracula X? What was the reasoning?
2: I mean, it's uh, the- They um,
1: redrew things. They they did all this weird tinkering. The amount the
2: of data that could be held on a CD and the amount of data that you could reasonably put okay. in a Super Nintendo cartridge and not have it cost $90 is a lot. Okay, And it was probably a different team that had to port it. So stuff like having an extra character in the RAM ready to go, stuff like having full CD audio, like it just it didn't
1: work out. It gotcha. was a half-met. Measure. That makes more sense because it is it is beyond me why why they would like take something that was great and mess with it. So, oh my god, woo! We made it, ladies and gentlemen. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Do we got a little? Do we got a little tuneskies for them? Let's get a little toonskis for this. Let's just let's just feel it. Feel our way into it. Oh baby,
2: Koji Igarashi had cut his teeth on the famous Konami game that keeps coming up, Tokimeki Memorial. k crossover (laughs) But he was tired of writing horny dating sims, (laughs) and with his experience helping out the team on uh, Rondo of Blood, he became an assistant director on Symphony of
1: the Night. So, okay, to backtrack to Tokimeki Memorial, I've got to say, uh, I can't believe this, The reason why I screamed crossover just then is because we did an uh, episode on Hideo Kojima who also worked... On Tokimeki <laughs> Memorial I mean I get it Because they were both Working for Konami It's not that crazy yeah. But like w- They were both Working on this weird you have to, deaf, okay. I have to if, f- if Play Ko- this okay. dating sim if now
2: Konami <laughs> Was cave comedy radio Tokimeki Memorial Would be Last podcast On the left <laughs> <laughs> The number The horniest Dirtiest Most popular thing On the menu
1: So Igarashi uh, He began working At Konami Right after college Worked his way up From the educational Software department He was not immediately an ad on Symphony of the Night. What happened was, first of all, after Tokimeki Memorial, he was like, "I refi- I do not want to make a sequel to this game. <laughs> I want to," and he requested to be a part of the Castlevania team. Uh, he was uh, just writing scenarios and um, doing design and doing some programming. But then Hagihara. Who was his uh, superior? He got promoted. Therefore, Igarachi just kind of right place, right timed it, mm-hmm. got promoted to assistant director, and ended up pretty much taking over the project, even though his role said assistant director. I mean, he was like pretty much the lead on it. Um, this game, Jake, is so good. It's probably on my list of like the best games of all time. It'd probably be on my even my top five, There's I would say.
2: The two things that I think make uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, Stand out is its innate quality, its influence that it's had on everything, and how it kind of took all these old kind of styles of play and elevated them, but also how thoroughly it bucked the trends of the late 90s gaming scene, Mm -hmm. where like, if you wanted to make money and you looked out at what was available, you'd want to make a Mario 64, a Crash Bandicoot, a Tomb Raider, just blocky platformers, like low poly was king, and Igarashi held his ground and was like, nah man,
1: nah, sprites. 2D. And on a CD where we can make them look really, really good and we can have a shitload of them and we can have so much game and just like so much depth. And I love it so much more because now it holds up so much better. Oh, yeah, it definitely
2: holds up really it, well. Marcus, play that part of the game that holds up real well. <laughs> <laughs> Die, monster. You don't belong in this This world. always puts a smile on
1: my face it every time not I get to- by my smile. hand that I'm once again given flesh. Bleh, I don't sound I was like that. Called here by You're doing the T-Rex hands. <laughs> Who is Tribute.
2: that guy? Bleh. Tribute.
1: You steal men's souls,
2: souls and make them your slaves. slaves. Perhaps the same could be said of all, all religions. <laughs> your words are as empty as your soul. Mankind oh, ill needs a comes. savior such as you.
3: What is a man? <laughs> a miserable little pile of secrets. He
1: throws his, his little white glass. How about you? at you. about you. I love that. I got to remember to use that next time I get into a, a fight. How about you. That's like the greatest thing to scream oh Those my Dracula's god Dracula's drinking wine and then he's like oh fooey what is a mad miserable pile of secrets it is the best <laughs> it's so good I love how echoey the voices are too it's so good it was
2: recorded in a bathroom yeah. I guarantee
1: it oh my god man I I okay so why is symphony of the night so amazing um uh, well, First of all, I mean, do you have the same feelings I do? It sounds I, like we're deviating here. I
2: actually never played Symphony of the Night. Oh. I kind of got on board with the portable Egovanias. Oh, okay. to, to To coin the term. It was popularized.
1: Ah, the- I'm
3: there with you on Symphony of the Night. I play the fuck out of that. Right? And right.
1: actually, for me, my buddy had it and i remember playing it and thinking it was but at the, i was brainwashed just like everybody else and was like oh what's this 2d thing i want to you know i want 3d i want mm-hmm. you know that's the new thing right Um, which is why I wasn't successful on the outset but it really came to it years later like so many things I feel like a lot a lot of things with gaming I've actually come to years after the fact
2: it was part of that PlayStation greatest hits like a tier right yeah yeah Yeah. even if you like you could pick it up for $20 by the end yeah there was no reason not to
3: play it well I got to play it because uh, during the brief period when we were first starting Cave Comedy Radio and Mike Lawrence former former co-host of Nerd of Mouth was living in my basement (laughs) most of the time on my couch he paid me Five dollars So he could download <laughs> Castlevania Symphony of the Night On my PS3 And just sat there In his underwear And played it all day Much to the love Of my girlfriend At the time uh, But after he ended up like, After he played it And I would like Sat there watching him It looked really fucking cool I started playing it as well And fucking I've, I've probably gone through it Four or
1: five times And so that that Was that your first playthrough Yeah And how old were I mean that was I mean that was like Seven years ago That was like Way after the game came out I mean it was Oh yeah You know And, and it holds up like crazy I mean I would say if you have not played this game before and you have a PlayStation and, and you can download it like uh, Mike Lawrence did, I h- cannot recommend enough to go back to this. You will love it, if, if, you, especially if you're a fan of Super Metroid or anything like that. I mean, this is when the Metroidvania kind of tag word kind of got got its bearings with uh, Castlevania. It is all about that sort of that map exploration, the backtracking. And then, of course, there's also the role-playing elements. There's EXP, EXP um, all that sort of stuff, equipment, and finding secret weapons and secret uh, add-ons and defense and everything, and um, and you know, I mean, there's just so many cool things about it. My spooky table and chair sets, spooky table and chair the sets,
3: confession room, <laughs> <The> <laughs> confession
1: room. You, the 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 creature design and the boss design. I mean, Marcus and I always talk about how much we love the design of Beelzebub Yes, and the Symphony of the Night it's so fucking cool it's just this like rotting corpse covered in flies this giant room sized rotting corpse that you have to jump around and like cut off different parts of his body and with the your- maggots hatch and the flies come at you yeah and it's, it's so well like all of the bosses all of the creature designs are so intricately done because these are sprites don't forget the, the grand faloon yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I mean you can take these character designs and draw a straight line from Symphony of the Night to Dark Souls
1: yeah absolutely absolutely it's really intricate wonderfully designed creatures and monsters that are you know that you might kill in two seconds too Mm -hmm. that's the funny thing you'll walk into a room like oh my god that thing is crazy and then you just hit it twice and it's dead and you're like i can't believe someone put that much work (laughs) into this thing there are gag
2: monsters in that game yeah and uh you have the familiars you have the magic system where you actually have to like put in special
1: inputs Mm -hmm. like you've got motherfucking double jump Mm -hmm. which is the fucking best thing to get in a video game Mm -hmm. like halfway through it to and it has tons of that you've got the bat and the mist and all these traversal upgrades that allow you to be like oh my god and just in your head it cycles all the different places that you've been to that you can Mm -hmm. now use that thing and then you run around and it does the thing that never gets old in games where you get your ass kicked in an area Mm -hmm. and then you go off and get way powerful and then you have to go back to that area to like grab something that you couldn't get before and now you're whooping everybody's ass and it feels it's, great
2: i think in like one of the ego raptor videos he actually goes into how uh, a lot of people hated castlevania 2 uh simon's quest because you have to grind and go back and backtrack and wail on enemies that you already wailed on a million times but in castlevania something night you do that, too, but they make it feel good. There's yeah. hit sparks and animations, and you get little, like, level up power. Like, you know, it, it constantly reinforces you. So if you're backtracking and you see a room full of skeletons again, it's not like, ah, oh, fuck, these guys are like, ooh, more experience. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, Castlevania Symphony of the Night is also a uh, it's a constant reward game. Like, you're constantly getting reward. Like, every time you kill an enemy, you get, like, a little... Even if it's, like, a $1 coin, Mm -hmm. you still get something. You always... Or just even a little visual animation. Mm -hmm. There's always a reward.
1: Absolutely. And there's, like... The level design is such that I feel like there's rarely that feeling of being stuck, not knowing where to go. Like, they do such a good job of guiding you around without feeling like they're you're being handheld you even know? just
2: the map overlay was like a brilliant little piece of Wonderful. graphic design that Wonderful. they uh, kind of
1: revolutionized and then the percentage system and the way that the <laughs> game works if you don't know this and i as uh, spoiler alert if you're like want to do this like blind but you think you've beaten the game you get up to like 100 percent, and you think you've beaten the game and it's like psych the whole castle flips upside down, the comp- the whole map is is inverted and upside down and completely different with completely different monsters, and you go, you can go to 200% if, in the game completion.
3: If you do a certain thing. Yeah. Like if you don't, because like if you didn't know, like, if you didn't know to do like this, what, like, uh, what is it, you have to get some sort of like glasses, you have to get these you glasses to to out of the basement. Yeah. Yeah. You have to talk to a character get these glasses out of the basement so you can see Dracula's soul and defeat Dracula's soul, and then it's twice the game yeah. and if you don't do that then you get like the shitty ending yeah. and it feels and it kind of it feels like an incomplete game if yeah. you just beat it like that absolutely there's there- actually a community of people
2: that have like hacked and like worked around some of the bugs in the game to unlock even more than 200% and the uh, counter is so meticulous that it will actually like cover, like give you points yeah. for finding like inaccessible rooms that weren't meant to be in the game.
1: And I, again, I can't stress it enough. If you love this game and you haven't watched any speed runs of it, this is a wonderful game to watch speed runs of. I mean, it's just fascinating the way that people found tricks, just like, just like any game like this, like super Metroid is a fascinating game to watch uh speed runs up because they find little ways to get into areas. They shouldn't be in way too early, you know, it's that kind of game and, and and you know it's just it's just wonderful to watch um, yeah I can't recommend this game enough I really cannot it is fantastic it is a sequel to uh, Rondo of Blood by the way so um, do yourself a favor and play Rondo of Blood and then this yep Holy shit. No, that's... oh
2: god. Like I <laughs> yeah, that opening scene that we just played with the terrible yeah. voice acting yeah. is Richter Belmont from Rondo of Blood, the PC engine game. Yeah. Uh like so this major hit that like all these kids picked up for PlayStation, like they have no like who knows who any of these people are. Or like if you uh oh, this is another clever thing. In that flashback that starts the game, depending on how well you can play as Richter in that boss fight, it affects Alucard's stats. Uh, when you start the game anew. Yeah. Uh, so, it, like, the game has a built-in way of kind of judging how, like, good you are at this kind of game.
1: Huh. It was... Thank God this didn't happen. It was originally intended for the Sega 32X. Ugh. Uh Yeah, yeah. Um... And uh, the the reason why they added the RPG elements, the experience elements, and that feeling, that like constant feeling of reward and everything, was they they were trying to switch gears and uh, make this game a lot easier for mm-hmm. players as opposed to the the past uh, Castlevania games. So so at the end of the day, if something was too challenging, you could always go level up and traverse areas that um, were too difficult for you.
2: Well, whatever you PlayStation nerds with your mm, revolutionary game that the franchise, us <laughs> Nintendo. Nintendo loyalists knew who paid the bills and we stuck with our N sixty four and we were rewarded for our loyalty with a uh, Castlevania sixty four. Carrie
1: Fernandez. <laughs> young like just the name I laughed out loud when I saw the name of one of the protagonists. Carrie Fernandez and Reinhardt Schneider are the, like that just feels immediately like, oh wait, this is not Castlevania. <laughs> yeah. This is something else. I've I've seen little bits of playthroughs. No. This. What
2: if you put a team that had never worked on a 3D game before, that had nothing to do really with Castlevania, in charge of uh, bringing a classic franchise to the third dimension, as at this point, so many franchises had done successfully? Yeah. So, uh, whoops. I was right.
3: I, I was right there with you. Like I was an N64 uh, mm-hmm. player all through that time, and I remember getting Castlevania 64, and it starts off so cool. <laughs> like you start playing, and there's this gigantic skeleton monkey that you like. You're like, "Oh shit!
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh man, look at that big skeleton ape!" And then <laughs> hold you on, you how do I move it? the camera? Yeah. Hold on, wait, fuck. How do I move? Fuck. Hold on, wait,
2: fuck. Oh, wait,
3: fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then after you somehow manage to beat him. Uh, in the like the first five minutes of the game, you're like, "Well, where do we go from here?" <laughs> what? And then you just kind of keep hitting. You just hit walls. Mm-hmm. Immediately, oh, yeah. because you're in an indistinctive, muddy brown field, yeah, <laughs> and just
2: even getting into the castle is
1: frog the, And because that's the thing, like uh, the two things I kind of covered. What I loved reading in the, in paragraphs for this, as well as the uh, Castlevania Legacy of Car- Darkness, which was their reattempt at a uh, 3D platformer for the N64, uh, came out I think later that year. They were just trying to create a good <laughs> one. Um, was they were like the most challenging part was definitely the platforming, and I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. Because it's this one of an early 3D, like like and that gave me like feelings of like oh, like thinking about even Mario 64's like platforming was just like ah, like yeah, Mario you know.
3: 64 was the best version of that yeah I mean, and it was it maddening. only got worse yeah it yeah. was it was just if you go back and play Mario 64 it's not that great of a game mm-hmm. yeah like, it's a, it is a sticky mess and uh, it constantly fucks up the speedrun community like
2: made it a little bit more manageable because mm-hmm. like now the stickiness and weirdness are all, like, exploitable glitches right, that they've, right. like, done. Like, the, the Super Mario 64 speedrun community is a psycho carnival that is actually a glory <laughs> to The behold. Mario 64... I, I
1: recently watched the Mario 64 speedrun. Half run. an A-press, Slack. guy. Yeah, the half an A-press <laughs> is fascinating. Oh, my God. All, all that shit is But, uh, uh, yeah, no, picking crazy. it up
2: as a layman just for the sake of playing a fun game is, uh, is not that great. Although, um, they made a two-player uh rom hack for it that if you have like an n64 emulator you can play with mario and luigi on screen at the same time wow and the jankiness is, is like it's like instant comedy mm-hmm. as both of you try and navigate this crude low poly terribleness
3: <laughs> loved it when it came out blew yes. my fucking mind yeah, when it came yeah same out.
1: here and and again you know talking about why symphony of the night thank god it, it got its pop it's due eventually but uh you know we all were just the 3d thing was just the end all be all at that time for some reason i don't looking back on it, it's kind of silly to me because so many of the games i like are are, are span all different sorts of things but um yeah those like it was like banjo kazooie mario 64 castlevania 64 was all about these polygons and getting around in weird and shitty difficult ways and uh, collectibles and all that good stuff. Um, the uh, and then also, well, I was gonna say too. Uh, reading that people were saying, like, and also on top of that, um, the biggest criticism is the camera for the yeah. game, and just being like, mm-hmm. "Yep, that's exactly yeah. what was wrong with all of those 3D games back in the day. The camera and the platforming were just, yeah, just un- inexcusable."
2: So yeah, so yeah, so there's again where the final like nail was, where the the splits kind of finally like fermented around uh symphony of the night instead of like boldly hat like boldly trundling through a new genre that like was barely refined it instead we had the ultimate refinement of 2d gameplay
1: absolutely perfect
2: Uh, the only other piece of trivia i want to dump about the n64 games is that the uh, legacy of darkness uh in japan has the longest title of any castlevania game and in japan it is Akumaju Dracula Mokushiroku Regendo Obu Cornell. <laughs> yeah, which roughly translates to Demon Castle Dracula Apocalypse Side Story Legend of Cornell.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about how originally the uh, first Castlevania game is known as Akumajo Dora Kura, Dorakura Dorakura or uh, <laughs> Devil's Castle Dracula has always been the name in Japan for the Castlevania games Devil's Castle Dracula interesting
2: and it's actually a weird thing in Japan uh, because it's always been Castlevania in America which is actually a brilliant title it totally like from it. Te- it's a weird awkward portmanteau but it tells you exactly what you're in for uh, but like when they s- kept making sequels in Japan they were like is is Drac? Is this the Dracula t- game series, or is this the Akumajo game series? So like, the second one is like uh, Dracula two, and then like the next one is Akumajo, and the next one like they never quite. Even for a second there they actually tried to name it Castlevania in Japan, but that didn't help sales. Oh, actually we should we should mention that. Castlevania is way more popular outside of Japan. It isn't like mm. if it was a Japan only franchise, it would have been canceled years ago.
1: I mean, that makes a lot of sense too because, you know, at least for Americans like we have such an obsession, you know, in our whole the ho- the history of Hollywood has always had these monster movies, The Mummy, uh, Wolfman. I mean, these things are The mummy returns. mummy returns. The Mummy Returns. The Mummy Returns again with Tom Cruise. Scorpion King. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Scorpion King. The Rock. That was actually pretty good.
2: No. The
1: Rock... We're doing an episode on it.
2: No, we're doing an episode on Dwayne it. Johnson or just the Scorpion Both. King.
1: <laughs> Both. I'm gonna scream about Dwayne Johnson. You're gonna scream about Sor- Scorpion King at the same time. It's gonna be awful.
2: I mean, if we get the binaural going, I think we can pull it off.
1: So. <laughs> so then we kind of get into, all right, the PlayStation 2 games is like a giant gap for me. Uh, uh, I'm going to go well. ahead and say the Castlevania Legacy. No, no, no. Castlevania Legends or something like that. Um, no, no, that was, uh, that was Game Boy as well. Um, The ones, though, that I will say uh, deserve their due especially are the Game Boy Advance and DS Castlevania games. Mm -hmm. Now, I wish that, and hopefully I'll get the chance to play Circle of the Moon, which is referred to as Konami's Second Symphony, and Harmony of Dissonance and Aria of Sorrow are all supposed to be fantastic Metroidvanias for the Game Boy Advance. Also, if you want more great Metroidvanias, Mm -hmm. look no further than the Game Boy Advance with two amazing Metroid games as well. Um, and then on the DS, recently I've, I've gotten to enjoy, and I know Marcus has as well, uh, Dawn of Sorrow and Portrait of Ruin and Order of Ecclesia. Now, I haven't played Order of Ecclesia yet. Oh, it's amazing. And I am excited to play it. I've played Dawn of Sorrow and Portrait of Ruin, recently beat Dawn of Sorrow. Charlotte!
2: I- Jonathan! Charlotte! Jonathan! <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan <laughs> Charlotte! Jonathan! Jonathan! <laughs> Charlotte! Jonathan! 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 Charlotte. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah been, I'm
3: playing Dart of Sorrows right now. It's fucking great.
2: Circle of the Moon actually is one of the best-selling Castlevania games of all time. Oh, wow. And uh, Kogi Iorashi actually uh, has kind of disavowed it yeah, he for kind shadow. of violating uh, too much of the series' canon. Uh, you know, it features too many unique characters, and... Most importantly, he was incredibly upset at how the Game Boy Advance, which the first generation had no backlight, it's kind of this classic gaming gripe that it was, you know, you had to look directly into the sun to even like make out what's happening on screen. Uh, The color scheme is too muddy, there's a lot of browns, it's very naturalistic. And so, uh, playing on an an original Game Boy Advance, it's really hard to actually make out what's happening. Uh, Harmony of Dissonance ups the color, uh, it's highly contrasting. The characters have white outlines around them. There's, like, strong blues and reds, and it's actually much easier to see. But again, uh, Castlevania was there on the new hardware, ready to be the go-to horror action title, so it actually sold well. And uh, Ariasaro, Donna Saro, stars everyone, everyone's famous pretty anime boy, Thoma Cruz. Mm, <laughs> Thoma Cruz. <laughs> I'm a transfer student in Tokyo, and I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I'm Soma Cruz. <laughs> Do you like my fur-lined trench coat?
1: <laughs> is he? Is He's also the protagonist of... Uh, Donis is he the yeah. protagonist? Yeah. yeah. And he's, okay, I don't I don't remember like the names quite. Donisaro so
2: well. upped the anime art style. And so like, like that, it kind yeah, of cemented as a
1: big time anime art style, which is why I was really happy to still hear that Marcus liked the game. <laughs> I had I to get like, past it. Yeah, I was like, get past the anime because it, it becomes like a Symphony of the Night esque. Yeah. Um do you have to draw those weird symbols using I hated
2: the, drawing the and weird that is, symbols? That is
1: I, I had less of a difficult time with that the second playthrough because I actually ended up playing through it again recently. Mm. Actually I am I did put it down. I am stuck on the final 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 boss cuz you know they do kind of the same thing where there's like mm. multiple endings, but if you get to the last 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 boss, it's like a whole different thing. And you
2: get to unlock different
3: playable characters uh-huh. that kind of change the way the whole game is. Yeah. yeah. I, I had to, I kind of put it down for a little bit and now I went back to it and I can't remember where the fuck out. Right. And that's the pro- that's that's, the, that's the, problem. the big problem with these big Castlevania games is that if you don't constantly play it like the entire run through if you put it down for like six weeks or you something like have that no idea. you come back to you, you're like fuck man where have i been where am i going i don't fucking know yeah
1: yeah absolutely
2: another key to all these uh all these games which all fall under the Egovania uh, umbrella you know he was the one kind of watching over everything uh is they all have these unique magic systems and secondary weapon systems mm-hmm. that kind of like uh mix and match like soma cruz can absorb the souls of monsters and that gives him unique attacks there's like the DSS system in uh, I think Harmony Distance or Circle of the Moon, where you're collecting cards and mixing and mashing them. Uh, but these games, again, it kind of it kind of builds on that Symphony of Night thing, where there's like there's kind there's kind of like a funniness to them. There's like yeah. sometimes the game gets a little bit goofy. Sometimes the games gets like truly like viscerally horror
1: <laughs> like yeah it, it, it jumps back and forth for sure for mm-hmm. sure for sure yeah there's like a weird romance going on between the two shopkeepers it's like very <laughs> yeah. bizarre and they're like tell him I said this and it's like tell her I said tell this. her I said she's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, what is happening? <laughs> Ab- what is going on?
2: And all of these have amazing soundtracks that keep you involved and keep you keep you into it. I loved Order of Ecclesia. Uh, the uh,
1: yeah, what's so? Can you give me a little? I mean, how is it much different from these other two? They return to like a really lush art style. Uh, I've heard it's the most difficult of the three DS games. Um,
2: I got the bad ending first time around. I kind of like actually, I always get the bad ending because I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just like whippity 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 doo time to kill everything oh wait what happened i i i
1: I get the good ending but that's because i look it up Ah. i just fucking look it up especially with this stuff i'm just like i don't know i don't know i don't got time for this
2: charlotte jonathan um (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh the character of shanoa is like uh you know she's just a cool goth chick with an open back dress and uh you kind of it's kind of outside of the Belmont lore you're kind of like dealing with different mechanics and uh the spell system and the powers and kind of how it how it interacts I just found it like it was very fun to play also they had a nice town system Mm. uh where like as you're playing you're like solving problems for townskeepers, and that gives you extra like stores and buffs and like you're following the story of the townspeople and it just looked really good I just really enjoyed it
1: now um so uh for anybody who's interested in more games like uh symphony of the night i just want to state it again check out these ds games they're fucking awesome donna sorrow portrait of ruin and order of ecclesia they're such unsung heroes for this for the metroidvania genre and uh i i just think they're really really wonderful experiences now did you have any experience with lords of shadow or mirror of fate or lords of shadow 2
2: uh well i uh uh, well, you forgot about Castlevania Judgment, the Wii fighting game, <laughs> which yeah. completely like turned every single character into just the most horny anime fetish thing ever. <laughs> uh, they they tapped the then popular character designer and head uh, artist behind uh, Death Note to kind of reimagine the oh, franchise. Oh,
1: Interesting, but
2: it plays like a really bad Soul Caliber.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: But uh, like the Simon, like Marcus, are you aware of this? Look <laughs> up Castlevania Judgment, Simon Belmont. <laughs> And, like, imagine, like, the Frank Frazetta barbarian whip dude that you know.
3: And now, well, and. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, uh, Leather Boy Simon <laughs> Belmont. <laughs> we call him Chelsea Simon <laughs> Belmont. I mean, you know, it's he's got that
2: Tokyo Street style of pizzazz.
3: Um.
1: And, but- and and, and uh, well I, speaking of artists by the way i do want to say uh, bring up ayami kojima who did the all the uh character design and everything for symphony of the night mm-hmm. kind of glossed over her and she was actually the first person to kind of she was very Influenced by the bishonin style art, um, which stands for bu- "beautiful boy," mm-hmm. and that's kind of the be- the young man whose beauty transcends the boundary of gender or sexual orientation. That was the first time we saw these characters kind of looking off of Ponzi.
3: Awesome,
1: awesome. Um, uh, <laughs> and then we got, and then, and then, of course, which opened the doors for. Uh, what was it? Legends. Uh, there's too many. No, no, no. Um, the fighting game one that you just mentioned. There's Judgment,
2: which is the fighting Judgment, game.
1: Thank you. There's uh, Harmony
2: uh. of Despair, which was like the download only game, which I actually uh, want yeah. to play because it took all the char- it took all the characters from the Egovania games and kind of put them in a big multiplayer super castle. I actually don't understand quite how it worked, but it seems really intriguing. Uh, maybe I can like find a PlayStation Three in someone's garbage can <laughs> and actually give it a whirl. Um, and um, Lords of Shadow, uh, mm-hmm. the first one was actually a huge hit. It's one of the best-selling uh, really? Castlevania games of all time. And if uh, I think if you like futz with the numbers and like the cost per unit, in theory, it's the most successful Castlevania game ever. Uh, even though it kind of like you know has these like incredibly like you know high poly. Next gen graphics and kind of a God of War, Dark Souls kind of third person action vibe.
1: Gotcha. Um,
2: uh, Lords of Shadow two, I think got like really smacked around in the reviews. I don't know what okay. was wrong with that one. And Mirror of Fate just is.
1: Mirror of Fate is on the 3DS though, right? It's on
2: the 3DS and also on PC. I was very got...
1: curious about it, but I just never heard enough. Yeah. To to push me to like purchase it, especially when I have these awesome 2D ones. Um, that I'm still working on, so...
2: And, uh, of course,
1: uh, the story wouldn't be complete without talking about... Bloodstained? Bloodstained. Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. So, uh, if you haven't heard about this, Igarashi is returning to the form... It was a uh, Kickstarter project that he put out inspired by um, the uh, which is his Kickstarter video is kind
2: of funny because like like in a
1: castle. right? He's like
2: in a castle. He's dressed all spooky ooky like he is just living up to his reputation. And like I think he even has like a glass, a a goblet of wine uh, and it's. It's a new ecovania game. Yep. The demo has been released to like select uh, Kickstarter backers.
1: It was inspired by Mighty Number no. Nine's Kickstarter uh, success, that obviously ended success up. in quotes. Yeah, success in quotes. Well, at least the part where it got funded. <laughs> yeah. um, and actually worked with Ben Judd, who uh, was uh, helped Mighty Number no. Nine get funding. And it was kind of his like he also had like Kojima uh, a departure from Konami. He said for the longest time when I was working at Konami, I was protected by my company. They took care of me. Now I'm kind of anxious. And then, of course, now he's out on his own. So it's not a Castlevania game, but it is totally a Castlevania game.
2: I mean, the character looks exactly – she's basically just a rehash of Shanoa from Order of Ecclesia. If this is what you want, hopefully this is what you'll get.
1: It's the art style. It's the look. It's the feel. It's the Metroidvania that you want um and hopefully it'll be coming out they keep pushing back the release now it's planned for release in the first half of 2018 um the game uh was announced in july 2016 he announced that it's gone into full production the the name is based around uh the concept of magi of a magi crystal curse that inflicts the main characters they grow across the person's body with the appearance of stained glass which is a pretty cool concept and will probably look very cool And, uh, yeah, they're developing it on Unreal Engine 4. Um, Just be good. Please, just be good. Just be good. Just be be so good. Oh, I want it to be so fucking good, man. It's been a while since we've had,
2: like, a Shovel Knight-style, like, reboot that actually lived up to the hype.
1: For sure for sure and and they're actually taking a lot of influence from shovel knight and how they've been doing their putting out their content mm. so that's a good sign um hopefully they're not taking as much influence from mighty number no. nine anymore <laughs> uh but bloodstained ritual of the night is is uh if you are excited for more of this um on a bigger level than like a ds platform this is this is what what you want most likely hope fucking fully <laughs> I don't know. You never know, especially with Kickstarter stuff. You just never know what it, what is going to come out of it. But, um, yeah, what? I mean – Thank you for
2: telling the story of my favorite video game. Oh uh, no problem, Jack.
1: do you wanna do you wanna go party with some kooky ghouls after this?
2: It was a spooky night All at the right. video game. The and then, I played we heard the play story. the game. Uh, he nice. had the whip and the lynch cop- copying the song. when I got super horny. All <laughs> right, we got it. We're gonna have
1: to call it there. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Everybody for listening to this episode on Castle uh My name is Holden McNeely. Mm-hmm. I am the wizard of this episode. Uh, and uh, you can follow me uh, on Holdenator's Ho on Twitch. You should. It's really good. Oh my God, we're doing
2: so much stuff on Twitch, guys. It's rig- if you're bored and he's streaming, you should watch it because he's very entertaining. Horny. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Best Jake Young. Uh, check out the stuff I do for Dorkly.com and check out the Droffy channel on YouTube where I occasionally hang out and goof around. And uh, Super Producer Marcus Parks, do you still have the uh, track Iron Blue Intention? <laughs> Because that was from Bloodlines, and it was, like, super rocking, and I want to hear it before we go.
1: (laughs) Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, everybody. Have a good one. Peace.
3: For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.
0: Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses. Plus, updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find?
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that
2: pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.